0: top of the tuesday morning to you oregon i'm finn jd john fj at offbeatoregon.com and this is the daily offbeat oregon podcast Since it is Tuesday, this is an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode several years ago. Thanks for downloading, and I sure hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on June 14th of 2010, under the headline, Lincoln City's D-River is a part-time holder of a world record. Here we go. In the middle of Lincoln City, travelers on Highway 101 often stop to pose under a small road sign. It reads, D-River, world's shortest. And if those travelers happen to be from Great Falls, Montana, home of the 201-foot-long Roe River, chances are they don't believe it for a minute. For several dozen years, there's been a running debate between Lincoln City and Great Falls over which of them gets to be home of the world's shortest river. Even Johnny Carson, the legendary host of The Tonight Show, got involved. On the wrong side if you're rooting for Oregon. Well, the Dee River was named in a contest in 1940 when the town around it was called Dee Lake. The concept was to give the world's shortest river the world's shortest name. The river lets the water from Devil's Lake flow out into the ocean, and it is not exactly enormous in length or in width. It's about 30 feet wide and 3 feet deep at its most deep spot. Its original survey had it running 440 feet from the edge of the lake to the extreme low tide mark on the beach. That worked great until 1987, when a group of middle school students in Great Falls, Montana, realized that the Roe River, at 201 feet, was less than half that long. And from that point, the fight was on. The kids marshaled some powerful support when they got booked on The Tonight Show. It worked. The next edition of the Guinness Book listed the Roe River as the shortest river. Well, that raised some hackles in Lincoln City. Everyone said it was all in good fun, but some of the remarks had an edge to them. Quote, A group of school kids in Great Falls basically went out and got a drainage ditch surveyed for a school project. David Gomberg, the director of Lincoln City Chamber of Commerce, was heard to grumble. As a drainage ditch, the row would be something to see. The stream flow is in the range of 2,300 cubic feet per second, or about half the size of the Mackenzie River at Leeburg. Moreover, the D itself isn't exactly huge. But then it's not usually 440 feet long, either. In fact, it's only that long twice a year at the two maximum low tides. With the title on the line, Lincoln City locals started thinking that maybe that wasn't a fair way to measure their river. So a local survey company sallied forth on a spring tide's ebb and measured the river at its shortest, with the tide as high as possible, and the ocean practically lapping at the footings of Highway 101. The result? 120 feet. Armed with this information, the Lincoln City partisans went back to the Guinness Book Publishers to petition for a new trial. In 1990, the Guinness people agreed to update the listing so that it listed the D-River as the world's shortest during high tides and the Roe as the world's shortest at all other times. Both could keep their world's shortest river signs and information and everybody was happy. Well, almost everybody. Everybody's a winner. Everybody gets a trophy. But then in 2006, the Guinness Book of World Records quietly dropped the shortest river category altogether. Perhaps they were simply getting sick of getting pestered by diehard fans of both rivers urging them to declare a clear river. Maybe they were worried about groups elsewhere in the country renaming millpond spillways and drainage channels as rivers in an attempt to gain publicity. Or maybe they simply ran out of space. They didn't say... In any case, with neither the Guinness Book nor Johnny Carson, to judge the case, there's no stopping both rivers' boosters from claiming victory. Key sources in this story have included works by Nikki Price, Harriet Baskus, and the Lincoln City website at oregoncoast.org. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. More info is at our hub page at offbeatoregon.com. Offbeat Oregon is a division of Pulp Lit Productions, a boutique publishing house about which more can be learned at pulp-lit.com. Speaking of which, if you enjoy listening to me, you might check out some of my audiobooks. You can find them most easily with a search for my name on audible.com. Most of them are old pulp stuff, H.P. Lovecraft, Edgar Rice Burroughs, etc., but at least two of them are Offbeat Oregon history type stuff. Check them out if you're so inclined. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license. For details, see offbeatoregon.com slash cc. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at Episodes of Offbeat Organ History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now.